rock. Under the sun is a byline in that particular Old Testament book about the view of a philosopher just when you lock out heaven, just under the sun, not above the sun, but what's in this current universe. And through all his experimentation and what he discovers, he finds that this life sucks. It ain't that good. It ain't that nice. And on the rock refers to Jesus' summary of the kingdom of God that the King Messiah who's coming to earth to establish his kingdom separates it down into two buildings, that which is built upon sand and that which is built upon the rock. And he says that the person who builds on sand is foolish because when the storms of life come and the storms do come, it won't stand, will it? But those that are built, the man that builds upon the rock, who puts the words of Jesus into practice, is like the man who builds his house upon rock. When the storm comes, it stands. And right now, I, I, I could say, thus saith the Lord, but someone needs to hear what I'm about to say. God will either bring you the breakthroughs and the freedom and the, the things that you're looking for in life by divine power. Or by, or by divine process. It will be one or the other. Now, divine power is wonderful. You know, um, I might have a problem, of uh, an issue in my life, my marriage may not be struggling, my business might be under pressure, whatever. Who knows that you can respond to God in prayer and faith and sometimes, bang, God just does stuff. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? And I would encourage you, go for that over and over and over again. Never give up on saying, God, I need your power to do this. Who can testify God's done that for me somewhere in my life? Okay, but, say but to your neighbor. But if God does not give you the breakthrough that you need through his divine power, he actually has a divine process for you to get the same results. That divine process is usually discipleship. It usually involves reading the Bible and believing the Bible and trusting the Bible and living the Bible. And then God brings breakthrough through process. Sometimes in Pentecostal churches, I think we just think one way. One way, Jesus. Very, very spiritual. That it's only power. That the only way God will ever bring me what I need or the breakthrough, the success I need is by that spontaneous miracle. And I want to tell you, God can and God, God does. But sometimes God just wants us to grow up <laughs> and to believe and to mature in our faith and go through the process of growth. So that was just free. Not in the servants. Servants. Okay. So this is the fifth in the series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Apparently I say it wrong. I apologize. I do have a learning difficulty, deficiency, whatever it is. My sense of humor to begin with. <laughs> it's far too much, far too much response in there. <laughs> and we haven't had time to go through the um, text verse by verse quite capable of doing that. My first church, we preached on the Gospel of Luke for over three years. Started at Luke 1, 
We got to chapter 2. So I'm quite capable of going literally verse by verse. Well, word by word, <laughs> letter by letter. Uh, but over six weeks, all we can do is just uh, have an aerial view and occasionally land the helicopter somewhere and try and find the black box. The distilled wisdom of the preacher here is that life is short. Young people don't believe me. They lie to you, those old people. (laughs) They can't wait to turn 10. (laughs) But you find a person who's got wrinkly face and grey hair, they will tell you that life is short. That you are the best thing you can do in all the getting is to fill your life with God as much as you can and then enjoy life. And then enjoy life. That's actually quite Christian. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're allowed to have a good time. <laughs> we forget that sometimes. You know, some people, yeah. So many would not realize that one of the most well-known verses featured in this book was also the, a folk rock. In fact, probably the inventors of folk rock, the birds, spelt wrong. In 1965, they had the song, Turn, Turn, Turn. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to reap. A time to kill. And a... You are clapping me singing? Do you know what that could do? <laughs> I want an audition, Steve. <laughs> so for everything, there's a season and a time. Uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through the 12 is the text that we're looking at today. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. As we go through this, it's an onomatopoeia. It's a deliberate syncopation going on so you can actually hear the tick-tock, 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 the rhythm of life going through it. There's a time to die, there's a time to, time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear, a time to mend, and a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. For all my psalm students, that's a double, it's a double chias, two sevens. It's a deliberate chiasm, going from the positive to the negative. So what do people get for all their hard labor? Can anybody say a really big week say, good question? <laughs> I have seen the burden God has placed upon us all. Yet God has made everything. Say everything. God has made everything beautiful in its own time. Well, that's a big statement, God. Is that right? It is actually. And we'll try and help you to understand why. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope 
of God's work from beginning to end. So I have concluded that there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy yourselves as long as you can, because life is short, fill it with God and enjoy it. So time is a tip only for human beings. So here's something you may never have noticed before. Only people are conscious of time. No great ape wears a watch. No dog looks in the mirror to mourn the growing number of wrinkles on his face. No elephant remembers its birthday. Here the wisdom of Solomon develops a brilliant observation that some philosophers have just figured out is that we know time. Nobody else knows time. So all these other creatures, so only people have the sense of time passing. God lives outside of time. Now even big bag scientists tell us that there was a time when there was no time. <laughs> and then there was this blinding flash, space, matter, energy, and time was created. You can do creative things with space. You can bend space. Do creative things with energy. You can create energy. You can dissolve energy. You can get it to move through uh, different forms of effectiveness down to entropy. But time only goes one way. Only one way. Forward. There is no reverse gear on life. <laughs> and then we, these human beings, are conscious of that, that time is passing. It seems that we're the only things in this big universe that actually understands the passing of time. Yes, we do know that animals and birds and insects at times demonstrate instinctive behaviors, which are amazing. They seem to know when to breed and when to migrate and when to eat. But this is not human experience. We look at the hands of the clock and we see time passing. They just see something going around in a circle. Oh, that's funny. Look at all we hand. It's going around, going around again. It's going around like a, like a horse race goes round and round. We see time pass. We look at the calendar flash by and we see birthdays and events and our life and they just see a piece of paper. So here the poetry of Ecclesiastes is making a very important point. Time is a unique human gift. It's meant to point you to something. It's meant to get your attention. Because while you're killing time, time is killing you. So time is our teacher. One of the terrible curses for older people that, that can be afflicted with the frightful disease called Alzheimer's. This is where people lose the ability to know time. They live in the immediate, sadly losing their memories and their capacity to think forward. They often survive like this physically for years. Incredibly sad condition, but essentially the person is lost in that disease. I want you to think for one moment. If you lost all your memories now, if we could do a memory wipe right now, you cease to be you. You're gone, man. All of who you are, the way you're shaped, your dreams, your aspirations, your values are a direct result of an accumulated set of experiences. You lose that and you lose you. There's, there's some sort of a, one of those flick chicks, chick flicks. Is it the notebook where this girl forgets who she is? You know, it's a tissue box one. You know, I just wanted to throw up, and, you know. But, you know, girls think, oh, isn't that nice, you know. 
But this girl, if, am I right? She forgot her memory. And this boy, this man who loves her all these lives, sits down and tries to tell her, this is what happened and this is what happened, this is what happened. Each day, she just gets a little bit closer to the truth. Is that how it went? How did it finish? They died. <laughs> all right, not recommended. <laughs> no one is a... They died together. Who reckon that is a happy movie, they died together? I mean, you know. <laughs> I really love you. Let's die together, you know. Oh, dear. <laughs> but this person is lost when you lose your memories. Ethicists are actually experimenting with the idea whether one of the punishments that should be given now to serious sex offenders or serious criminals is a, a memory wipe. They probably now just have the technology now to give someone a pill where basically they will forget everything in their life. And ethicists are debating whether that's a good thing. Essentially, it's still murder, isn't it? To lose your past is to lose you. Some of you may want to lose your past, of course, but that's another story. Let me move forward. Say, Mike, move forward. Thank you. In the movie Groundhog Day... Now, that's a good movie, that one. But we learn very quickly that without a sense of the drift of time in one direction, we become incredibly bored, brutish and belligerent. You see, time actually protects us from absolute evil. Yes, there's evil in the world, but it's limited because of time. Time protects us from absolute boredom. And time protects us from our unlimited selfishness. Everything positive and negative, according to Solomon, has a special time. And it's the burden that we are given is to figure out why and what and what's going on. Because this is the thing about life. We can do the right thing at the wrong time. Yeah? Yeah? Moses wanted to set his people free. He sees an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of his Hebrew brothers with the whip and he goes over and he does the wrong thing at the wrong time. Does the right thing at the wrong time. We can do the wrong thing at the right time. Numbers chapter 13. The right time was now as the children of Israel have come to the promised land. They've got to cross over. Spies are sent out and yet the spies say, let's not do it now. You know, it's not, it's not good. There's problems in the land. And then, we say, and then we can also do the wrong thing for the right reason. Samuel sacrifices, uh, sorry, Saul sacrifices the sheep. Good reason, so we can give an offering to God, but it was actually the wrong thing to do. Timing is critical. Just ask the frog jumping under the lawnmower. Timing is critical. <laughs> So time is our tip and time is our teacher and time is also our trainer. Many years ago, an old man had one son and a horse. One day the horse broke loose from the corral and went off into the hills. Your horse got out. What bad luck, said one of his neighbors. Why do you say that, said the old man. How do you know it's bad? Sure enough, the next night, the horse came back to the crowd for feeding and watering, leading 12 more horses with him. 
Once the horses were all uh, or in the locked gate, they now had 13 horses and going good. So the neighbors said, heard the good news and said, what good luck you have. How do you know it's good, said the old man. Later the man's son was trying out one of the wild horses and it threw him, he fell off and he broke his leg. The neighbor came back saying, what a bad thing. How do you know it's bad, asked the old man. And a few days later, an army officer came through and he drafted every young man in the area and took them off to war, never to return again. But the young man was saved because of his broken leg. This is a great example of what Solomon is on about. Life has its... And it's... It does, doesn't it? Life has its ups and has its downs. Both good and bad happens but they have a fitting and proper place in our lives if we'll let time and eternity teach us. God can use both of these, the good and the bad, to help build us. God makes everything beautiful in its time. The word beautiful there also has the idea of fitting or appropriate or value. It's not necessarily beautiful and, oh, that's pretty. We can actually look at something like something really sad and actually say God meant that as something good. I am almost 57 years of age. Thank you, Joseph. Steph. And he asked me, Mike, think of, think of when you were 10 years old. Was there anything in your 10th year that was totally devastating and ruined your life forever? Truth is, I, I can't remember a thing. cannot remember a thing really about being 10. I could ask you last year, did you have a really big problem? But the truth is, most of that stuff passes, doesn't it? You know, when read it, oh dear, you know. I look back over my childhood and I did have some traumatic moments. I ran away from home. Sorry to retell you this story, but it's still the same person, so I've got to use my story. But I probably was about seven years of age, maybe eight years of age, and there was a TV program called Bomber the Jungle Boy. Can anybody remember Bomber the Jungle Boy? This could not have been done more bad if you tried. It was a one camera. It was this boy who was meant to be a jungle boy, but it was done in a studio with a few rhododendrons, you know, thrown around and stuff, you know. It was just as tacky, tacky, tacky as you could do from the Channel 7 studios here. And the boy even, you know, he had blonde hair and it was just, but I love Bomber the Jungle Boy. I wanted to be Bomber the Jungle Boy. And my parents said I was not allowed to watch Bomber the Jungle Boy. Because that was when tea time was on. And tea time was a tradition. We all had to be at the table. If we threw food at each other, we all had to be at the table. Probably a good tradition. So, traumatized as I was, about eight years of age, I ran away from home because of Bomber the Jungle Boy. I ran all the way from Les Murdy to um, about Welsh Pool. And then it started to get dark. 
Going downhill's all right. <laughs> Going home. So I um, end up hitchhiking home. A truck driver gave me a lift up the hill, which was very nice of him. And I lied about where I lived. Just told it was around the corner from where I was. So when he dropped out of the truck, I ran away again. Went home. They didn't even miss me. <laughs> now, when I was eight years of age, this was the biggest thing that could happen to me. But I could look at all my 57 years ago. I've got a longer view now. And I can tell you some stuff that have happened to me. That was pretty bad. Pretty rough. Left home at 14, sexually abused, violence, having a break opened the bathroom where my mother attempted suicide and self-harm and shaved off all the hair naked in a bloody bath. I've seen all that. But you know what? Today, under the grace of God, it's a small thing. It's a little thing. I have a perspective on life because I have the long view. And I can actually say some of those things, as bad as they were, God has made beautiful. God has made them appropriate and fitting because out of that disaster and that darkness and that mess, God has built me in a certain way where I actually am passionately committed to the work of teenage rehabilitation and substance abuse and people that struggle with sexual disorders and all sorts of things. I'm passionately committed to that because God has taken out of my darkness and he has redeemed it and made it something wonderful. I want to tell you some of the worst things that can happen to you will be absolutely the best thing that ever happened to you if you let God use it for his glory. You know, Pastor Karen preached a great sermon last week. But, you know, that's on a platform of, you know, a fair amount of exactly this, taking the longer view. I want you to know that God makes everything, takes your failures and your frustrations and your bills and your debts and your hurts and your anger. And if you can just have the longer view of it all, you can say, aha, God, I get it. It's not about this. It's about this. It's about eternity. It's about all this shaping me and developing me so that one day I would set myself free from the bondage of having to please myself, me, mine, and my little blessing, and get the bigger picture. God's timing, my friend, is not always obvious. You know, I want the answer now. Actually, last week would have been good. But God's timing is his timing. We don't realize that Queen Esther is then uh, she's challenged by this whole thing. Go and appear before the king. Perhaps you've come to the kingdom for just such a time as this. Do you know how God wants you to give when you don't have money? Do you know how God wants you to extend yourself when you don't have the energy? You know, that's not unusual for God. His timing is unique, but it's not obvious to us. God's timing is not always convenient. Amen. 1 Kings 17, the widow of Zarephath has asked for a meal. She's about to make a last meal and die. And the prophet comes along and says, make me one. Not convenient, please. And God's timing is not always ours. Abraham, you will have a son. Count the sand, count the stars, numerous. 13, 14 years later, now you're going to have your son. 
yeah, I'm, I'm almost 100. <laughs> Nappies at 100? No, thank you. God's timing is not ours, amen? In the movie The Casualties of War, which is actually based on a true incident that took place in the Vietnam War, Michael J. Fox plays Private Erickson, a soldier who's a part of a squad that sadly abducts and abuses a young Vietnamese girl. He didn't participate in the crime, but afterward he struggles with what has happened. And he says to the other men in the squad, just because each of us might have our head blown off any second, we're acting like we can do anything that we want and as it doesn't, and like it doesn't matter. I'm thinking just the opposite. I'm thinking we might be dead in the next split second and maybe we've got to be extra careful about what we do because maybe it matters even more. Maybe it matters more than what we'll ever know. See, death is for all of us. It's a breath away. And the nearer death is, the closer we are to answering to God for all that we have said and done. Last time I went to New Norcia for a uh, retreat, I was, um, you meet interesting people there. Uh, Dr. Noel Vos, who lectured me in ethics at uh, Vos Seminary, was there. He was 99 years of age. It's his birthday. He's going to celebrate his 100th birthday with the monks. Now, I know I'm crazy, but that's really crazy. You know, your 100th, that's usually worth celebrating. Get a telegram, don't you, from somebody or whatever. And he's there. So I see, I'm a nosy person. So I lean over him and says, uh, Dr. Vos, you know, why are you here? It's your 100th birthday and you're here doing a spiritual retreat, getting uh, discipleship counseling in terms of the issues of the heart and sin and stuff. This is a man who's been actually the international Baptist chairman for a number of worlds, Baptist chairman, been all over us. And he said this, this is, Mike, the way I figure it, I'm going to be meeting Jesus real soon. I just want to get it sorted out now. <laughs> Good answer. Some of us might be meeting Jesus sooner than what we think we are. And hey, older people have the advantage that we know that's probably more likely. But young people sometimes don't realize they die just like old people all the time. So here's the gift. As humans, we are aware of time. We're aware that time is precious. We're aware that time suddenly goes whoosh. And we are meant to then understand this effect is that we say there's more to life than life. See, all of this life is about to point to the fact that there's more to this life than this life. So Solomon's reminding us that in life we will have the good days and the bad days, the joys and the sorrows, the gains and the losses. It is for a reason that we would take the long view of life. You know, when I got sacked, you know, from my... I've only ever been sacked once. I was a salesman. I think I made a very bad salesman. I had to sell electronic gear. And effectively, I had to lie to sell the electronic gear. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a white lie, but it was still a lie. So... 
the product was made in Taiwan and uh, people would often ask, where was it made? And back in those days, something made from Taiwan was considered to be a little bit dodgy. So I was informed that you were to say that these products are made from Japan because our office is located in Japan. So we import them from Taiwan to the office in Japan and they come to Australia. But every time they'd ask me, I'd just go, oh, dear, I can't lie. So I got the sack. I was devastated, absolutely mortified. Me, a nice guy, got sacked. But now I know that the next job I got was a trainee livestock agent. And as I was there, I noticed a very handsome little girl wandering around with big goo-goo brown eyes (laughs) and a nice little wiggle. She worked in a bakery. You don't know how many cream buns I bought over the next three months. (laughs) See, I've got the long view now. All the stuff that happens. Sickness in our family, rebellious daughter, a church that's often been quite hard to pastor. I have the long view. You know what? In attorney, it doesn't matter. In eternity, really doesn't matter. But what it can help me do is to live very purposely here so that I can influence as many people as possible to go with me to eternity. So timing's everything. God will make everything beautiful in its time. The hard times, the bad times, the good times. It's a statement of faith, but if you'll let God Get the microscope and turn it around. As Pastor John Warwick would say, you know, if you get that optical lens and you put it on a dust mite and you look at it through the microscope, you will go, ah! Do you know your pillow is full of creatures that would frighten the life out of you? I mean, these are big things with legs and spanners and all sorts of things coming off them. I mean, they're scary dudes. I was going to have a slide, but I ran out of time. I was going to put it up there. And you, you, you would have all gone, ah, alien, alien, you know. It's all on your pillow. Every night they're munching away at your ears. They're eating you. <laughs> they're feeding off your body. <laughs> too, too much information. <laughs> hey, you don't even have to turn the microscope around to get another view. You just have to put the microscope away. And they disappear. If you can take time, instead of drilling down into your immediate pain now and what's happening now, but zoom out to see what God's doing in your life, you might just be able to go, uh-huh, it's actually beautiful in its time. In its time, God makes it all beautiful. Timing's absolutely everything. So Charles Hobson was a uh, returned veteran, <clears throat> pretty good golfer. He challenged the shark to a golf match. And uh, it was a bit of a joke, you know. And uh, Charles said to him, I guarantee you, I can beat you at golf at any time. And the shark said, you can't. I'm sorry, Charles, because you do have a disability. You can't see. You're blind says, no, I'll bet you $10,000 I can beat you at a golf match on just one condition. 
So that's fine. I'll take you on. $10,000 bet. What's the one condition? We're playing at midnight. <laughs> Timing is everything, isn't it? So I'm going to ask the band up. We're going to sing that song, Rejoice. There's, there's a couple of lines in that. I, just, I, I, I don't want us just to sing. I want us to make it a revelation today that if we will let God, then he can take the hard things and uh, we can get that perspective that God makes it beautiful in its time. Is that, is that okay? We've got a few minutes. So let's stand, shall we? Don't forget the ties and offerings. Sorry. God bless all those who give in this house. We really do appreciate that. And uh, we have a, a little box at the back that if you want to put your gifts in there, we really appreciate that. So if you're a visitor today, of course, there's no obligation on you at all. But we love the fact that this, this church um, is a generous church. And I just want to thank you for that. May God bless you, the giver, and the gift, the extension of his kingdom. You know, we, 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 we enjoy a growing church. But, you know, this week we'll have the Deadly Sisters come to this church. This is a group that the Wirrapunda Association is actually having a mentoring program to young Aboriginal women at risk. They can come and use this facility. We've got Save the Children Fund using this facility. We've got community groups coming over and over again because of what you guys do. You know, that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? That's an amazing thing. And so we thank you for that. And uh, we're about to open up our play centre again. We're going to do it a whole new level of professionalism, get the cafe going. So it's really great momentum. But I just can't do it without you guys. So thank you for your faithfulness. For those who give online, really appreciate that. But let's just do something in our hearts today. Rejoice. Worst things in your life, taken the best way, God will make beautiful in its time. Amen. Know that for some, you're right in that valley. And, you know, it's nice to know that you go through and there's a, there's a table prepared, there's the cup that overflows. But when you're in the valley, there's... Uh, there's no denying it. It's just hard yards. It's difficult. It is dark. And sometimes you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're just in the valley. I'm just going to pray right now that you'll just become unstuck. That you'll come unstuck emotionally. You'll come unstuck in terms of faith. And that you'll come unstuck in terms of your awareness. Because God is with you. He has promised you, even though I go through the valley, the darkest valley, you are with me. I will fear no evil. I will fear no trouble. I will fear no sickness. I will fear no disaster. I will fear no pressure. I will not because the Lord is my shepherd. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today and I know that your heart 
is really towards a number of folk right now. And Lord, they are stuck. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit right now, for a release to occur. Lord, let the bubble just pop, Lord, in their hurt, in their pain, in their frustration, Lord. Let hope come. Let there come that sense that you are with them, that you will not leave them, you will not forsake them, you will not relax your grip on their life, but you will lead them to that better time, that better place. And they will live in the house of the Lord forever in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, let that be. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've not made the first step to invite him into your life, the good news, the gospel is that God has come to heaven in the person of Jesus to make a way for us to actually live in this place called eternity. You have to be born twice, the Bible says. You're born the first time when your mum and dad, of course, create you, and that's your DNA. But the real you is that which is inside you, your spirit, your soul, that immaterial place. And that has to be born again. Life has to come into that space. One of the things that incredibly challenges me as a pastor, as I do this for 30 years, is I'm aware that there are people here today who are probably going to go to hell. It frightens me. It concerns me. It distresses me. That despite the fact that they're here and you're so close, it's just so close. Here is the ability, the possibility to say right now, God, I've messed up and I need help. And yet for some, they're now even deaf to what I'm saying. They can't even hurt it. Maybe they've been to church their whole life and it's just, well, that's what Mike does every Sunday. It breaks my heart. I pray and I fast regularly to say, God, you know, how can I get people to cross over? No one can make you. It's, it's a volunteer thing. You've got to make, want that yourself. But would you just consider today whether today is your time Today is your moment to actually say yes to Jesus. If I could just have the house lights up for a little bit, if that's possible from our lighting people, because I can't see much now. So I'm just going to ask, well, everybody's heads bowed, just uh, close your eyes, just a moment of privacy. If there's someone here today, said, Pastor Mike, would you pray for me that I might receive Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. You can put your name there that he gave his one and only son that you need not perish but have quality life forever and ever and ever if you would like that today then would you just slip your hand up straight in the air I'll see that I'll be able to pray for you don't embarrass you and I ask you to join a church I'm asking you would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your saviour there's someone who would just say pastor that's me this morning Please pray for me. Can you raise your hand? 
Just come look over here to my right. Center section. Center section left. God bless you. Father, we thank you for every person that's taken the first step or to live for you. Lord, bless them and enrich them and cause them to grow to be all that you called them to be. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Give someone a high five. And tell them the truth. Time is not on your side. (laughs) God bless you. We're going to sing Rejoice again. But you are dismissed. We've got the cafe open. And there's going to be prayer out the front if you need a touch in your body, word, wisdom, whatever. Please stay back for prayer if you need to. God bless you.